Hi, everyone, and welcome to Spread Thin, a senior care podcast for the sandwich generation. Well, thank you for joining us today. I had a lot of feedback about our last episode with Tobias, um, Dr. Banks, who is a hospitalist. A lot of you felt the same way I felt, where you thought you knew a lot, and then you listened to it, and you're like, I didn't know anything at all. So if you tuned into that one, thank you for listening, and thank you for your feedback. One of the comments I did receive a couple times was that people want more information about some of the paperwork that goes into when you have a hospital stay. So I am going to work on that and getting um, potentially somebody from medical records that could come and talk about some of the hospital paperwork that you have to fill out. So I will let you know when that is coming. But today we have two special guests. This is the first time on our show that we've done two guests. Um, We have Kim and Mary Beth. I actually work with both of them. They've both been in healthcare for some time. I would say probably 10 to 20 years or so, but we'll ask them. Um, They are good friends. You'll hear them talk about that, I'm sure. But um, they both are in interesting situations because they have been in healthcare. They're still in healthcare, but they also are taking or have taken care of their parents. So they are in that situation where they became, they were the child, they became the adult caregiver and started caring for their parents and making decisions. So Mary Beth took care of both of her parents who have since passed. And Kim is in the middle of helping her mom through some health stuff right now. So anyway, I'm excited to talk with them and to hear their story, some of the things they've learned and maybe some of the things that surprised them. So um, without further ado, here are Mary Beth and Kim. How are you guys? We're doing good. good. Thanks for coming today. Absolutely. You're welcome. All right, so um, they're both a little nervous here, but uh, <laughs> we uh, we talk about this stuff all the time. So the three of us work together, and we uh, constantly talk about different things that you know are going on with parents, grandparents, whatever. So we felt like it would be a really good podcast because everybody's going through this. Everybody has parents or grandparents that um, you know we're we're kind of struggling with. So. Um, Let's start out. Kim, tell me a little bit about what you are going through at the moment. I know you've had some things with your mom. She's had some some illnesses. So tell me like a little snapshot of what's going on right now. So my mom is has been a workaholic all of her life. She mm-hmm. was a vice president, worked up to a president of a company, and should be retired. But about two years ago, um, while she was working, we found that she had breast cancer. And then we got rid of that. It was great. No more cancer. And Mm -hmm. then they found a mass in her lung. So she basically has had two cancers in two years. Oh, wow. And I was living in Florida, living Mm -hmm. the dream, living the life, (laughs) and uh, realized that my mom is aging and I'm an only child. And me too. This doesn't get better as folks age. Um, There's no. There's no cure for for getting older, so I had to make the tough decision to move back as an only child and um, be a caregiver. And it's been quite a challenge because I've worked in senior living and worked in the industry for 15 years, and it's a lot different when you're, um, it's your family that you're you're, uh, working with. Yeah, you see um, it from the other side of it. You also don't get a break. (laughs) Working with families all day long, and then, you know, you go home and... Working with your own. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm going through. Um, she just had a recent stay at a nursing or a rehab facility, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll get into that. We'll talk more about your experience there mm-hmm. and pros and cons and all that stuff. Yeah. All right, Mary Beth, what's, tell me about your, what, your dad has since passed. Yes, both of my parents have passed. Um, I went through the journey with my dad in 2004, and he lived in Tucson, Arizona, Um, I didn't know that. He did. Yeah. He had been out there for about 30 years. Um, And I was just kind of thrown into a situation that I wasn't um, expecting to go through. Um, He was aging what we thought was normal um, and developed some neurological um, problems that turned out to be ALS. Um, But I found myself as a mom with three kids, ages 
like eight to like 14, um, being a long distance caregiver, <clears throat> um, which was tricky and I knew absolutely nothing. Um, so that was challenging. Um, and then I went through the journey again with my mom just a few years ago. And again, she has passed. Um, luckily for her, I knew a little bit more of what I was doing. Yeah. Um, but it was still, you know. But your mom also lived with you for many years. My mom did. Oh, she did. You moved her in? <clears throat> yes. Wow. Kind of, yes. You said kind of. <laughs> yeah, I did. She came, she came back. She had lived with us, left, um, gone to a community Um did she, did you move her back because you didn't, it wasn't a good experience at the community? Um, <laughs> it was a good experience. It was just time for her to go home. It was time. It was independent. And she, when she came back, um, I think my, just my son was at home, right, Kim? Mm -hmm. Um, and she kind of, kind of wanted to be there for his high school experience because we knew he was probably going to go into the military which he did so got it she came back and it was all like it was all good it was you know, yeah yeah ups and downs but good um yeah that's tough yeah um, how old do you guys mind me asking how old your mom right now she'll be 75 in october so she's young she's very young she's young but she had polio as a child oh. and so she's always struggled with mobility interesting um and it just seems like over like the past 10 years something comes up all the time yeah um she was a sun goddess and she has skin cancer like mm. all down her legs they were wanting to do treatment in which she didn't want to do because that would mean missing work yeah and um so she's paying for that now um and i mean so everyone that's listening out there like work is so important but work-life <laughs> balance is super important too. yeah so true mm. yeah how old were your parents? So my dad passed, he was 83, um, but I started to have to get very involved when he was 80. And then my mom was 93 when she passed and she was doing great. And oh, I, yeah. I think it was like her last year mm-hmm. of her life that things just uh, spiraled very, very quickly. So. How, how long was it until you guys figured out that your dad had ALS to then when he passed? So it was probably about two years. And so you found out, and then he lived. I mean, he may have, you know. Yeah, had he definitely had the symptoms yeah. long before, but um, given his age and some other things, like I think a lot of things were misdiagnosed. Um, right. So yeah. I, I mean, I definitely for two years. I mean, there was um, a good six months that I had to go out to Arizona every month. Um, for a week just to go to doctor's appointments. Oh, wow. And um, so I had to rely on my mom, who they, you know, lived here because they were divorced, um, my friends, um, you know, to get my kids to and from school. Mm-hmm. And then oftentimes my husband was like, we just take one of them with you. Yeah. So I just have to um, have two. So, yeah. You know. And yeah. then eventually wow. had to move them back. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, you probably, it's probably one of those things when you're in it, you're like, yeah, this is crazy. But now that you look back, you're like, how did I even survive that? Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Um, luckily, he saw the stress that it was bringing um, and he wanted to move back um, to be with us. And so mm-hmm. it was like easier for me. So that was great that he was able to identify that. Yeah, that's, so. that doesn't always happen. I guess that's one It doesn't positive. always happen. Yeah. No, it doesn't always happen. And um, yeah, a lot of little mistakes along the way, but he was a trooper. Have you, Kim, have you, did you ever think about staying in Florida and mm-hmm. having your mom move to Florida? Like I said, it doesn't always happen the way you want it okay. to happen. <laughs> um, I kind of thought you were looking at me. Like, that's what I wanted to I was sure. coming back probably every four to five weeks, and I would schedule her doctor's appointments according to my work schedule mm-hmm. in Florida. And then was like, I had clothes here. I had clothes there. I would get cheap flights. Yeah. I'd fly in, stay for, I'd try to book her appointments on a Friday. So I mm-hmm. could, it wasn't missing much work back there yeah. in Florida and thinking, well, I can do this. You know, I'm, I don't have to give up anything. I can do it all. Yeah. And, um, then with COVID that made it even more of a challenge. Oh, I, bet. I mean, um, and I could hear on the phone the isolation that she was going through and still trying to work. And then the stress of 
having a, she had a mass in her lung and they didn't know what it was and mm-hmm. it was difficult to get into appointments and everyone was like, well, let's just, let's just see what happens to it. Let's yeah, get it. do telehealth. Yeah. yeah. And my mom People would not do like, telehealth. <laughs> right. She, she just wouldn't. And, um, you know, coming into town, um, and then of course when I would come into town, the, the struggle of seeing my friends, seeing my daughters here, my daughter was pregnant. Yeah. Um, it was yeah, tiresome. Pulled in like a hundred directions. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. I, your stories are, I mean, I can just think of so many people mm-hmm. that went and, or are going through the same thing that you guys are going through <clears throat> that I'm sure the stories are resonating with all of everyone that's listening. Yeah, and we've both worked with so many families that have gone through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Our marriages have ended. Yeah. Um, difficult time getting to soccer games and volleyball games because you've got kids in high school, but you've got aging parents. Right. And I, right now, we, my boyfriend has a father <clears throat> who, he lost his mom and I guess it's two years ago. So now we juggle our time between my mom and his dad. Yeah, I bet. so what what was like the biggest surprise I mean so to give a little background we're all in healthcare Mm -hmm. you guys have both been in senior healthcare for you know 15 years 15 about the same yeah so a little bit longer okay so 15 Mm -hmm. almost 20 years you've worked with tons of families you've seen all kinds of stuff what was your biggest surprise then when you personally went through it that I don't know anything Really? That's how you felt? No, that's how my mom feels about it. That, that I'm you like, don't know I, anything? Mom, I've been working in this industry for 15 years. When I tell you this is the path we need to choose or this is the doctor we need to go to, but I don't know anything. Oh, but so if, she doesn't trust it? No, but if Mary Beth tells her, it's a whole other story. Oh, yeah. got it. Yeah, so like that family, that dynamic of two strong personalities are very much alike. You're a strong personality? You think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess for me, I can be so, um, I don't want to, nurturing, I suppose, to my families, mm-hmm. but when it comes to, like, the my mom or my kids, I'm kind of yeah. like, no, 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 this is what we're doing. Yeah. Like, take charge just, sort of thing. Just do what I tell you to do. Yeah. Not, and then Mary Beth will come in and be like, so in my experience, <laughs> um, I have found that sometimes if you try this, it might look different. And I mean, and she's just such, she's, so she's been a great asset to me yeah. when it comes to my mom. It's almost like good cop, bad cop sort of thing. Yeah, like right. you plant the seed, then you come in and you water it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she'll say, you know, I was thinking Mary Beth brought up a good idea. Like, oh my God, she did? That's great, Mom. As I'm like reaching to strangle her behind. So is your mom going to listen to this? So I don't think so because she's not like podcast savvy. Okay. Um, and I probably won't tell her either. <laughs> Fair. Um, All right, what was your biggest surprise? Well, gosh, I think, I like Kim said, like there was so much I still didn't know. Um with my dad, I honestly knew nothing. I didn't even know what like non-medical home health was or different terminology. Um, But I think, you know, when I was working with families, like with support groups, conversations, me educating like how to have a good conversation was very easy to do. But then when it was with my own mom, it was extremely hard. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised because I'm like, oh, I'm really good at this. I can do it. But when... You have to do it with your own parent. Um, when all the other families listen to me, what is wrong right. with you? Why are you not listening to me? Right. And then like with my mom, just like... Uh, Why do you think it was so difficult? What what was... Well, I mean, because I think a lot of people probably run into sure. that where they're like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I can tell daddy can't drive anymore. You know, whatever it is. And then you get to it and you're like, oh, wait. No, dad has a good point there. He I wants think to it's family dynamics. I mean, my mom and I are so much alike that we oftentimes butt heads. And I'll see, I'll work with other families that have siblings. Mm-hmm. And there's always one kid mm-hmm. that's the one that talks to the parent. That's and the true. other ones yeah. are like, and you don't know what that looks like. You don't know what their relationship was like as a child yeah. or how they grew up. or And, you know, we all say as parents that we don't have our favorites. But honestly, as we probably do. Wait, do you have more than one kid? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not... I'm not and I will say with my okay. with my children, it does change. I, you know, you have one favorite during this time of life, and then got it. And I'll just say it because uh, my daughter just had a baby, so right now she's your favorite. She's my favorite. Okay. <laughs> Fair. 
Yeah. Produce me a child. <laughs> <laughs> you know the way to Kim's yeah. heart. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, like with my mom, um, she wasn't ready to hear what I needed to talk to her about with end of life decisions. Um, and then too, with maybe some safety issues in the house. So luckily, um, my one daughter Cassidy actually spent one day a week with my mom. Oh, like that's the whole nice. day. And so I would kind of tell Cassidy, like, hey, can you maybe, I said this to Nina, maybe can you reiterate it? Um, and is she your favorite? No, <laughs> they're all my favorite. <laughs> Good answer. Gosh, no. <laughs> you know that. Um, so, but I think, you know, having a conversation with your parent about different things is harder than you think. Mm-hmm. You think, okay, I can do this, or this is what we're going to talk about. But then when you're having it and you're looking at their their face and their body language or you see the sadness it's Mm -hmm. like okay this isn't going as well no you feel like you're like taking something away from them Mm -hmm. you don't want to be that person Mm -mm. nope so you guys have both been in tough situations had tough conversations how'd you cope with that i mean because it's not even just like a one night you know like let's go get wine and talk (laughs) but like there's i mean this is like years months so, like, what do you do? How do you strike that balance? How do you cope? Um, so, with my mom, I think I've learned to carve out time for myself with self-care. Um, I relied on my friends a lot. Because you don't think you did him. that with your dad. Oh, I definitely didn't because my kids were in a different place. Um, because they were doing high school and middle school. Yeah. Um, so, I was doing that with them. Um but with my mom, my mom and I were extremely close. Um, so it was very, very hard. But I, I think I was pretty good about making sure I carved out time or sometimes I just had to like go get Starbucks and go for a drive. Um, I would call Kim a lot, like, what are you doing? <laughs> or, um, you know, she listened to me like cry, cried with me many times, okay. laughed. Or I'd be like, um... You would come over and be a good diversion because you were close with my mom too. Mm-hmm. But I think I think like the most important thing was carving out time, even if it was yeah. like an hour a day, um, so and listening you, to myself of what I needed. Do you do that right now? Because you're mm-hmm. kind of in it. Oh yeah. So do you do that? Yeah. I mean, um, I also for me it's helpful when either John, my boyfriend, or Mary Beth will come with me to my mom's because it's, yeah. I feel like I'm not. And I don't ever want to say that my mom is a burden, but every child feels that way. Yeah. And you feel responsibility. The, for sure. The word burden, it's just the reality of the aging process. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't know that we should look at it necessarily as, or use a different word than burden, but it's a responsibility that I have that I have to do. And sometimes it's easier when I have a, you know folks doing it with me because mm-hmm. I don't know, we can make it more fun versus yeah. I'm going over to my mom's to spend time with her. We have to you know, and, and the challenges that come with like mobility and, right. and just recovering from uh, major surgery. So your mom lives at home right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think she will continue to live at home? Well, she just, she signed a lease, so she will for a while. I mean, and kind of get that getting off topic. I mean, with all the families that I work with, that's one of the biggest hurdles is is deciding like when you need more support outside the home, right? And what does that look like? And you turn around and look at your house and your belongings and your things and go, okay, we'll do that next year yeah. because there's so much. Uh-huh. And each thing that you are parting with, where does it go? It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming for me as a child to think about it, yeah. I mean, but it's not my stuff. So it'll be much easier for, for me to help. Yeah. But so that's what we're kind of dealing with right now is like, yes, she could see herself possibly being in a space that has a more supportive environment. But when she looks at everything that would have to be done to get there, mm-hmm. it's hard. And remember, I don't know anything. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are in that situation. And so that's why I think in our profession, we find a lot of people just wait for something to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they wait for the hip to break or for a fall or mm-hmm. something like that. Because then it's like, 
okay, well, none of us are making this decision. It just is what it is at this right. point. And, well, so and I have a like, client right now that just said that, like, <clears throat> I'm staying here until something happens and I've given my family instructions. Yeah. When something happens, this is my plan. I think a lot of people and, feel that and way. And she's 91. Yeah. I think it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I can see why, because, you know, you guys... But they don't want to be a burden. <laughs> well, there's that too. <laughs> there's that too. Yeah. So what I cope with sarcasm and, and humor is, and with everything in life. That's how I cope. That's a good way to cope. What, um, what resources have you guys used so far to help you? Um, when I got here, I was struggling with the hospital system that my mom was with. Okay. Um, phone system, return calls, getting an appointment, Really? It, it was, I just felt it was such a big system and my mom fell through the cracks. And, um, so I switched her doctor to what I felt was more of, it's a, it's a doctor's office that focuses on seniors okay. and that's been a godsend. Mm-hmm. I can pick up the phone. They answer the phone. So I switched, I switched physicians with her when we got here. So like her primary care, you switched, I switched them. Wow. Mm-hmm. And had she been with that primary care for Years um, several years. years, not like some folks that we meet okay. that have had a physician for 20 years. She, yeah. she had relocated from one side of town to another, so she got a doctor closer to her. Got it. Okay. Um, but up until like the cancer started, she wasn't really seeing her primary care doctor mm-hmm. a lot because she would have to miss work yeah. to do that. And they would tell her things like, you need to have this done. No, no, we don't have time for that. Got it. So, um, and then I guess... Knowing what the process looks like, if you're going to have a surgery, you want to have that three-day stay so mm-hmm. that you qualify for rehab and yeah. you want to advocate in the, for that, even though my mom really didn't want to go to rehab, mm-hmm. I knew how things would be more challenging for me as the caregiver and that rehab would set her up better for success at home than yeah. if she didn't go. So <clears throat> that three-day stay, I feel like comes up. Mm-hmm. All the time. And in our industry, you just say three-day stay and everybody knows. Will you guys explain the three-day stay and what that actually means so people know and what to look for? Tapping you in. Tapping me in. Okay. <laughs> so a three-day stay is a uh, three-day inpatient hospital stay. With an admission. Because sometimes right, they'll, admission. they'll put you in observation. Yes. Observation is a big word that every time I'm like, <laughs> if you ever hear the word observation, say you want admitted. <laughs> right. You need to have inpatient status for three days. To qualify to go to re- inpatient rehab for your mm-hmm. Medicare to pay for it, correct? Yeah, okay, exactly. I want everybody to hear that because that happens. So, I mean, I still have to remind my grandma, right? I'm like, just make sure, or if she has a friend that she's like, well, she's gonna go to rehab after, I'm like, okay, make sure she has a three, three night stay, or right. is it three? Yeah, three night stay, yeah, three right. night stay, no observation, <laughs> right? It has to be inpatient stay. And surprisingly, you know, I don't know that physicians like think that far in advance, like what's going to happen after the surgery. They just Mm -hmm. think, you know, this is my success rate. This is what typically happens with patients. And so it wasn't a plan for her to go to rehab. I had to bring it up. Really? And um, had I not known the industry, you know, maybe if I was just, you know, Joe Schmo working another job. Yeah. Um, I might not have known to do so. And the doctor was like, oh, the social worker team will take care of that. Well, then I had to bring it up to social work. And they're like, well, yeah, we can we can assess her for that. So they did and came back and said, thank God you have the insurance you have because they based for her, they based it on the criteria of how far she could walk. Um. And She's walking, mind you, with someone standing next to her and a walker, and they're helping her. So she walked really well, um, but if she would have had some insurance plans, she wouldn't have qualified for rehab, but because she had the insurance plan that she had qualified her to go to the rehab. Yeah, that is, I don't want to say lucky, but kind of lucky. Because I think a lot of times when you plan out your insurance, it's like, well, I'd rather have good prescription coverage because I know I'm going to need that, Mm -hmm. as opposed to rehab or nursing home insurance because I don't know if I'm going to need that. I hear that a lot. So there was a lot of conversations with my mom during the surgery process leading up to it as well as in the five days that she was in there and of like this is really what's best for you to go here and a lot of conversations about how I'm not there all day. You could also private pay to have someone come and this is what it's going to cost you. But if Medicare will pay for this, why not do it? 
but just giving up that independence, mm-hmm. you know, it, it means you're getting yeah. old in her mind. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then I want to come back and talk about more resources that you guys used and the, the rehab stay process and all of that. So we'll be right back. If you are caring for someone or you know someone that's needing additional help, please reach out to senior transition experts. They have senior advisors that will help you. They will help you find home care. They will help you find assisted livings, independent livings. They will really hold your hand throughout the process. So please, please call them. Number is 614-947-3611. All right, we're back with lots more to talk about. (laughs) All right, so I want to pick up right where we left off about resources. So um, let's, we'll start with Mary Beth. So what resources did you use for your parents when you were going through all this? So with my mom, I would, she's a better example. Um, I would, so like I said, like her last eight months of life or like when things kind of tanked. So she had to have dressing changes done. Um, I was able to help with some of that, but I also knew that I still needed to be the daughter and mm-hmm. I still had a job um, that was like very demanding. So I did um, have therapy come in nursing to do that for my mom. And then she got some physical therapy. So okay. um was able to do that. She was considered um, homebound because she was not driving. <clears throat> so I used therapy. When her mobility due to, um, she had peripheral vascular disease and she actually had her right foot that was basically dying, if you will. Mm -hmm. So her ambulation became extremely limited. Um, So when safety was becoming an issue and she was becoming more dependent on um, being in bed, um, I I had non-medical home care come in um, just to make sure she had what she needed for like a few hours a day. Yeah. Um, like I said, my daughter um, was still with her. And then I also used resources of my friends to check. And then I um, actually do have a brother. I have two brothers, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, as you can You're tell, I was like the main person. Um, yeah. So like my brother. You're the one that took in. the lead. Yeah. Which oftentimes happens in families. If uh-huh. there's a female, the female has to pick yeah. it up. True. Yeah. Um, and then when skilled care had kind of exhausted, um, its purpose, um, the partnership with hospice that came in. So I had a nurse that was in two to three times a week and then there was an aide and, Mm -hmm. um, I still had, she had a, again, a companion, um, who my mom did not want her to do care for her, um, which she really didn't have to, but it was just somebody that she could talk to and keep her safe. And then, again, like a couple of my friends would pop in throughout the day and yeah. my brother. So you so. used a non-medical <clears throat> home, like a private duty company mm-hmm. for the companion. Mm-hmm. And then you used a skilled home care because she was homebound to do nursing therapy. Mm-hmm. When they felt like that they had exhausted all options, then you went to hospice. Correct. Did you, were you the leader of all those decisions or did somebody tell you like, hey, it's time to switch over to hospice or like, how did you know, like, let's start these things up? Sure. So, um, well, I knew for the non-medical that, um, I needed that for my peace of mind and my mom was not happy about it, but I I was kind of like, you have to do this for me. Um, I just know the value of hospice. So again, um, I wanted to get her on it sooner than later. Yeah. So as soon as she qualified, you were like, let's Let's do this. Let's put on these services because I mean, her journey, like a passing was really quick. I I mean, yeah. I mean, when you say say eight months, like that's not a long time. So I needed the benefit of, um, obviously the nurse, um, the social worker, Mm-hmm. And the chaplain, and um, they were amazing because yeah. I had a brother that was uh, <laughs> extremely um, unrealistic. We won't tell about this podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'd be like, okay, Matt, like you need to. Um, this is my struggle with my brother, and he was great at 
having conversations with him that I would attempt to have, but it just didn't go well, or I knew he wasn't hearing me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I I brought it on for me too because I needed I needed that. And the chaplain, you know, my mom was, you know, she she wanted to live till she was a hundred. You know, like mm-hmm. she was very she wanted to be able to see her first grandchild. And um, sorry, no, <laughs> you're fine. So yeah. yeah, so it was. Yeah, it's tough. I knew. Yeah, it was tough, and I but I definitely knew. Um, from experience and working with families and then also having conversations with friends and Kim, what the next steps would look like. So. I think a lot of times you had mentioned like your brother, the family dynamics, you don't even think about that part until you're there. And right. then you're like, oh, wow, we are in completely different, not even like pages. It's like you're in a different book than I am. Like mm-hmm. this is where I think mom is. And then you have a you know, another sibling that's like, oh, no, no, no. I saw mom yesterday. She's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She you're like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I think that happens often with siblings. There's also um, resentment that you have to overcome mm-hmm. with siblings. Mm-hmm. I don't have one, but I, I just know from families. And, yeah. 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 That you have to go through. You do. He, he was definitely... Um, I think that's yeah, a, that was smart, and I hope people hear that, <clears throat> that you got hospice involved so then somebody else could continue to have those conversations because you're right. I mean, I don't know what your, you know, what your relationship was when you guys were younger, but Mm -hmm. all those dynamics play into it. Right. And so you might have an older brother that never wants to listen to his younger sister, you know? So having, like you said, a professional do that was a really smart move. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was amazing. Um, It was good because he just, uh, he didn't really like, he pretty much went along with like what I said. He just didn't like quite understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. Well, said. and everyone also deals with um, the aging process and differently hospice mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and death differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and if you're not in it like we are every day, you know, it's easier for us to talk about. I think. Right. Right. Than... Mm-hmm. And with my dad, I mean, honestly, like it was. I mean, it was hard to get my mom to agree to hospice. She was her own person, right? Yeah. So, um, luckily, uh, the admissions nurse, when I said, let's just have a conversation with them, she was amazing, and my mom agreed to it. Because, yeah. I, you know, I needed her to agree to it. Um, and I think she was, she did understand the value. She was seeing it. But she was also old school and thought, like, hospice meant, like, she was going to be, yeah. like, die tomorrow. Yeah, and then, unfortunately, with my dad, like... It was kind of that situation. Um, he butt heads with me about it and waited way too long for the value and what he needed. So yeah. I was able to, I made sure of my mom. I tell smart. families, like, even if your parent doesn't want to meet with hospice, you guys need to meet with hospice sooner mm-hmm. rather than later. Mm-hmm. Could be years down the road, but get the information. Yeah, now. get that Know the resources going. are there. Yeah. And what it, what that looks like and how they can benefit you as a whole family. Mm-hmm. So yes. you then, you had a rehab, a nursing home, mm-hmm. stay with your mom. How, so you were saying you pick, or you were like the driving force in that. Yeah, like the social rehab. worker at the hospital didn't even, had never even heard of the place that I chose. So how did you choose news. that and why did you choose that one? Um, so I had been out looking at communities and um, looking, potentially knowing that my mom could, looking for my job, yeah. but then also knowing that my mom could. Back of your head, like, my mom, my mom. Right, right. So um, my mom is a little particular about aesthetics. So mm-hmm. I thought it has to be a place that has obviously good therapy and good care, but also needs to be pretty. Okay. Because if I, she will be more successful if she's more, if she's comfortable in her surroundings. Okay. And um, I, I tell families, good like, thing you, to know. you go places and you have a feeling when you walk in. Yeah. So this place was right down the street from her house. So selfishly, I thought mm-hmm. she's probably going to be having me to run home all the time <laughs> to get things for her, as yeah. she did. So I need to be close to her. Mm-hmm. It needs to be close to her house. So that's kind of how I made those choices. How, how long was your mom in there? Um, gosh, I can't. I mean, I'm thinking a few months. Okay. I mean, as long as Medicare would pay for it, mm-hmm. she was in there. Okay. So maybe 90 days-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Then when she, 
discharged home to her house. Mm -hmm. Did you bring in anyone else, any other resources? Yeah, I told them um, who I wanted. Again, I, she had had rehab at home two other times. Mm -hmm. And so we used the same company okay. for that. She had had good, good experience and good relationship with them. Good. Um, and I stepped forward. Otherwise, the social workers, you know, they just, they give you who they want. And yeah. I'm kind of a control freak, so I want to make sure that <laughs> I'm the one picking those companies. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you're not in the industry, you rely on, like, friends, family, mm -hmm. neighbors, mm -hmm. church, and then also, you know, professionals like the social workers mm -hmm. to kind of guide you in that right direction. But if you have somebody that you already know, it makes sense mm -hmm. to go ahead and use them. Yep. It's hard to find, you know, good... Good, reliable providers. So I want to switch gears a little bit and then talk about the relationship. How did your relationship change with your parents when you kind of became, you know, there's like a switch that happens mm -hmm. where like all of a sudden, like you're the kid and then all of a sudden you're the adult caregiver and now you have kind of the responsibility. It's a weird shift that happens. Mm -hmm. How did your relationship change when you started taking care of your parents and how did it change? Well, I'm going through it right now, so it's super <laughs> fresh. Um, I guess, uh, you know, mom, when my mom and I used to get together, it was fun, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and especially because, yeah. you know, I was out of town, so I come in to visit and it's like, you know, a whole fun kind of like mini vacation. We right. go, plan we go stuff, out to eat, we go shopping, yeah. we... And now it's more when we get together, it's what needs done, what's the necessities. It's like a checklist. It, yeah. And I definitely have to, like, if I wanted to say, hey, let's go to dinner. We're going to go to Von Mar. I have to plan for she has to have a good night's sleep because going to Von Mar means that we are going to walk. She's going to mm -hmm. be tired the next day. Um, and we can't just do as much as we used to do. Yeah. Um, Again, I'm going through it right now. <laughs> so you so, feel like it's changed a little bit to the point where like now you have more responsibility. Yeah. You have duties and things that need to get done yeah. as opposed to just like, let's go do this and hang out together. Yeah. Now it's like, mm -hmm. and if you are going to go hang out, there's like a whole slew of things that need done in order to hang out. Yeah. And um, when my boyfriend's mom passed, he spent about eight months um, videotaping her. Oh, interesting. Um, she had stage four cancer uh -huh. and he would go over to her house with his apple and he would come up with a list of questions and, and listen to her talk about her childhood, oh, her cool. high school, I falling love that. in love with dad, yeah. um, having kids, what it was like, you know, when dad was in the war, yeah. um, all those things. So I've gotten to see those. And so when I go over, I try and ask questions that are from the past and mm -hmm. she enjoys talking about them. And I kind of sneak a video because she would yeah. hate to be videoed. But so I'm trying to learn from That's what a good he idea. did. And mm -hmm. I think it's good advice for everyone because you don't think yeah. about it when you're so stressed in the moment. And especially when he comes over because he's already done it, he'll start asking her questions. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> we, uh, we got my grandma story worth. Have you guys ever heard of that? Is it a book or? Um, so it's through an email. She gets e So like we bought a, a year subscription basically. And gave it to her for, I think it was Christmas a couple of years ago. And each week she gets a question and we can change the questions or they give you a bunch of questions that they think you'd want. And every week she gets to answer them. And it has been so cool. Yeah. I mean, and it's some of the stuff she answers. I'm like, I had no idea. And then we have mm -hmm. family dinner and I'm like, I, I read your story where they had no idea that, you know, you did this or whatever. That's awesome. How and then old is she? Um, she's 80. She just turned 89. Oh, that's fun. Mm -hmm. And um, then at the end of it, after the year, you can get a book printed. And so we had a book printed. And so now we have all these stories. And it's really cool. That that's is really cool. Story yeah. worth if, if anybody ever story wants worth. to look it up. Yeah. Okay. So your yeah. your relationship, how did it change? And Well, I found myself having to become like with my dad first, like the parent of my parent. You know, yeah. I had to kind of direct things and take charge. And he wasn't always, at first, always very happy about it um, because, like, you know, I'm the parent, I'm the dad. I know what's going on. Right. But when I didn't think he was making the best decisions um, with his care or being compliant enough, um, I definitely had to jump in and 
just be like, okay, like, this is what's going on, what we have to do. Yeah, I'm going to so, make this decision. <laughs> yeah, so that was, like, interesting because it's hard to become the parent of your parent, but, like, a lot of times you have to do it to be their advocate and for their safety and everything. Um, for him, you know, at first I think he was a little resentful, um, and he... Um, but then he, like, learned to respect it and worked with me on things, um, so that was good. And, like, with my mom... Um, same thing. Like I, there were times that she was not happy with me, but I was like, you have, you have to agree to this. So I can best take care of you and, um, I can still go to work and do what I need to do. Um, there were times you weren't happy with her either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she would set, she set she lots, of mutual. lots of yeah. boundaries in the house of things yeah. that she was allowed to do by herself yeah. and that she was not allowed to do by herself, uh -huh. such as going out back on the patio or going in the basement. Yes. Makes and, sense. um, there were times that she did that and then she would call from her cell phone. Um, I've fallen outside. Can oh, you come and get me and don't tell Mary Beth? Yes. Oh, no, she would call you. She would call Dave or one of the kids. She called the kids. Because she broke the rules. Because <laughs> she broke the rules. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I remember coming home one day and there were all these like footprints in the snow. And I knew that the kids hadn't been there and the dogs go out back and I was like, mom, she's like, what? And I'm like, they're footprints. Like, I know what you did. Like, you can't like get out of this. Um, so yeah, she would get pretty irritated with me, but and I, you know, and there, I would get irritated back. Cause I'd, I'd be like, if you fall and break a hip, like you're out of here, like you, <laughs> you're out of here, you're out of here. You, you won't be able to come back. You know, you, yeah. you'll, this is what your life will look like. And yeah. there were times I, I was very um, not fuzzy about it. Right. Like, like it's easy to be super fuzzy with Kim's mom, Karen. But like when and it came yeah, to my mom, not, it was yeah. like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Um, well, and with Mary, with Mary Dolan, her mom, she would tell me these stories. I'm like, oh, she's so cute. And Mary <laughs> was like, she's not cute. <laughs> she just went out the stone. I told her not to. <laughs> Nothing cute yeah. about that. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, so that's that how it changes because you have to be the parent, and you know we had good days, bad days, tears. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then, but at the end, I made sure that I could be the daughter that I needed to be, and I think I did that pretty well. Oh, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the most important parts, especially <clears throat> towards the end of like making sure whoever that adult caregiver is gets that time to then become the daughter yeah. or mm -hmm. the son and just gets to enjoy those last moments with mom. Right. I think mm -hmm. that's a, a really important aspect that gets missed a lot of times. Cause you're mm -hmm. just like in go, go, go mode, you know, and like right. checklist mode mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give to others that are going to go through this or have, or are currently going through this? What's your like top piece of advice? Well, Based on what I'm going through right now, um, planning ahead, whether it's you as a person going, okay, my mom is in her 60s, 65, 70, mm -hmm. having conversations prior to needing to have the conversations. Mm -hmm. Where are your passwords? What accounts do you have? Um, what medications are you on? So not even like healthcare decisions, just like in general. Yeah. What medications yeah. are you on? Like I work in the industry and I've had no idea what kind of medications my mom was on because mm. I don't need to. My mom's independent. She yeah. takes care of herself. She's super independent all of her life. Yeah. Um, and she was hesitant to tell me any of those things. And I'm, you know, I waited too long and now I'm still trying to get them from her. And she's going through this process of aging, deciding she still thinks she's going back to work. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is she? Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> Playing it one, time, one day at a time. Yeah. Again, it's easier for me to talk to other people's families than, than yeah. my mom. And um, so planning ahead, mm -hmm. I tell families, you know, go look at the skilled nursing facilities around your mom or your mm -hmm. dad. Know what assisted livings are out there. Know what it's going to cost. Mm -hmm. So you can yeah. be prepared and not have this sticker shock. Don't wait till you're in the emergency room. And with something major that happens mm -hmm. and then have to go, oh gosh, well now what do I do? Yeah, we were talking to mm -hmm. Tobias, the last podcast, who is a hospitalist. And he was like, I mean, sometimes people come in here and they have, you know, three 
to five days to make a decision. And that's mm-hmm. a big decision for an assisted living. I mean, when you're going to yep. uproot your entire place and move in five days, like that's crazy. Well, it's not a fun thing. Like, hey, it's Saturday. Let's go look at assisted livings for mom. Yeah. You know, it's not fun, but it's it's something that's going to save you a lot of stress mm-hmm. in the long run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, information is knowledge. So well, they could just use someone like you. They could use that narrows like it all down <laughs> for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, what would your advice be? Well, um, so Kim talks about like the resources. I think. Um, learning how to best take care of you when you're going through the journey mm-hmm. um, and making sure that you do and that you've got your tribe of people um, and what that looks like. Because while it's very important to have everything in order the best you can, it's like what's going to be in order to take care of you when you're right. going through it. Um, and making sure you have the person that's going to be like, come on, we're going to go have a pedicure and a glass of wine or a friend that you can go running with or whatever that looks like. That's yeah. not me, honey. Whatever. I know. That's, that's Kelly. You're the wine and pedicure. She is. Um, and just, yeah, making sure that yeah, you for yourself. have that outlet um, because it's going to be much needed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very important because then I think it made me better equipped to um, – do the journey with my mom than it did with my dad because I I wasn't equipped emotionally for it and yeah I, I, to piggyback on that I think as women we all need to learn to ask for help mm-hmm. yeah, and not just carry too. it all by ourselves mm-hmm. use our resources and make sure that you have a support system around you for whatever life brings you because yeah. sometimes it's not to your parent it's true you know your spouse or a kid and yeah exactly ask true. for help. Mm-hmm. Because yes. if you have good girlfriends, they're going to be like, why didn't you ask? Like, I didn't even know you were going through this. Yeah. I think a lot of people hear that too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to take some questions. If you know someone that needs caregivers or nurses to come into either their home, assisted living, nursing home, wherever they are, and they need additional help, then call Options Home Services. Options does not have a minimum and they can provide anywhere from one hour to 24 hours in a day. That can be during the day, that can be at night. You make your schedule. When you need help, Options Home Services is there. They have trusted caregivers and nurses that are background checked, trained, and drug tested. If you need help, please call them at 614-947-8888. All right, so we are back. We have a couple questions here. You guys ready for them? Uh Okay. My mom has been in three rehab facilities in six months. None of them have done what I would consider a good job. What should I do? So I don't know if this is like different episodes, like, and they went tried out three different, or if it's just one episode and they've moved her. But either way, three rehab facilities, six months. What are your thoughts? It's hard to... I'm, I'm going to give you my thoughts, but not the answer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> my thoughts Start are there. that um, people ask me all the time, like, what's a good skilled nursing facility or what's a good rehab? And right yeah. now, it's just tough. The The staffing industry is crazy right now, and yeah, it's, it's tough. So wherever you go... Um, I think it's super important that you are um, there advocating for your loved one, asking questions, and giving lots of oversight, like being there to be part of the the therapy, Mm -hmm. part of the nursing, Um, and ask for care conferences. Like if, you know, again, if this is, she's moved her three times or she's come home, had another stay at the hospital and gone back out. Yeah. Yeah. what, what was it for? Were they, you know, what what, what were the incidences at the hospitals? Um, it's, so it's hard to answer the question, but if there's been three times that have not been successful, maybe we're looking at other resources. Like Yeah, could be. Maybe it's not the right setting. Right. And the next step could be it's not working because it's just time maybe to partner with hospice. Because yeah. if, if you've gone there three times, you probably have had a hospitalization. And, you know, at one point, do you want to, like not be having those hospitalizations and just kind of managing things um, in your home, wherever home is, whether Mm -hmm. it's your home or assisted living, Mm -hmm. um, independent living. And, you know, maybe goals are harder to meet and maybe mom or dad 
just don't want to meet those anymore and that's okay and yeah. that's when a good time to partner with hospice of where you're able really to kind of take control of how things um go from there like how aggressive you want to be or not be and yeah things like that and I mean, so, we've seen that a lot where what the resident or the the senior wants is not what the kids want and the mm-hmm. kids keep pushing and pushing and pushing but mom or dad are kind of done mm-hmm. like and you kind of have to come to the grips and reality of what does that look like now and how do we support you in the journey you want to be on right exactly yeah, I think not fun conversations. Yeah, I think you're onto right. something that maybe it's just the setting and like mm-hmm. it's not meeting their needs because it's they're unable to because it's the wrong service line. Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, next question. My mom wants to continue taking care of my dad, but I personally think he's too much care for her. How do I have this conversation and what resources are there to help? Well, I just had this conversation with a client recently. Mom wants to bring dad home from an assisted living Mm -hmm. and he's very very high acuity Mm -hmm. um so we had a care conference with the family Mm -hmm. um she has a couple kids and um we can always bring private duty home health in the house yeah if you you know it's a cost but it's definitely there to support you in bringing somebody home and having the care at home Mm -hmm. um but emotionally this taking care of someone is draining. And so you have, you know, us who are in our, let's just say, 50s. Okay. <laughs> Ow. 40s, 50s. And, and we're, you know, we're juggling a lot and struggling. So now put someone who's maybe in their 80s and they're a caregiver. And, mm-hmm. and they, you know, the statistics say that the caregiver sometimes pass before the actual person that is, you know, sick. And right. um, I would discourage it. And I would have that conversation as a healthcare provider, but in order to do so, you could definitely bring in uh, private duty home health and then talk about your, mm-hmm. your tribe. Can, right. it, can the kids help and support? In the situation that um, I'm dealing with with one of my clients, the kids have decided the weekends are ours. Oh, where yeah. I have Saturday, I have Sunday, we're helping out on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And then during the week, they possibly might bring private duty. Yeah, that's a good in. idea. And I would, again, reiterate to mom, like, you need to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can still be our mom. You can be the wife um, and enjoy, you know, that relationship and not it being so much of a caregiving relationship. Yeah. Because that definitely takes a toll. Um, and then you, you see, like, we both have seen where the caregiver, wife, um, or husband, actually, yeah. too, have had an unexpected hospitalization mm-hmm. and then what do you get or a fall during yeah. care and then that person who you know is now dealing with a hip replacement because they were caring for their loved one and they had the fall mm-hmm. so and imagine the yeah. cost that goes up in that when you have now right. somebody maybe both of them have to be in assisted living for a while right mm-hmm. so just reiterating how part how important it is to still be like the spouse and the yeah, yeah and the parent yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you both brought up good points that bring people in. Right. No matter mm-hmm. how the situation, but you need more than just you. Exactly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Most definitely. All right. Well, that is it for today. I appreciate you guys being here, sharing yes. all your knowledge, sharing your experience. You guys have a unique perspective being in senior health care, but then, you know, taking care of your parents as well. Mm-hmm. So... All right, I'm going to leave you guys today with um, you're doing a good job and you are not alone. Have a great day.